Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, it's good to be back. Today I have a couple of questions for you, but let's start with one. And that question is, when have I settled for less than best? So with that in mind, let's invite Holy Spirit into our time together. Let's kick off with prayer because honestly, we need his revelation or we just go into this deep, dark hole as we start searching. So we always want to search in conjunction with Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence into this time. Lord, we are created for more, and we know that. We know that you've given plans and purposes for our life, that you have a destiny for each one of us. Whether we're in a season of joy or a season of sorrow, you are faithful, and you are present, and you are with us, and it's your heart to guide us. So we just come before you now, Lord, and say, open our minds to, and our ears, our eyes, we just want to see, we want to hear, we want to receive all that you have. So just come, Holy Spirit. We look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So question, when was the last time you settled for less than best? I remember as a young married woman trying to watch the money um, I would sometimes buy something that was a cheaper quality and then I would have to replace it and then I would have to replace it again. And so I had to learn to weigh out, is there something less expensive that will work in this situation and will last, or is it ultimately going to cost me more in the long run because I have to buy multiple times? And so I really now look for quality in everything that I buy. Okay, it's more important than the price. It's it's how is it made? Like, is it going to last? Is it going to run the distance? And it's interesting because we just had to have our hot water heater replaced. Now we are told that the average life of a hot water heater now is like seven years, five to seven years. The one that we had to replace was 30 years old. Okay, so there's so many things in the natural, in the manufacturing realm that they're actually making um, so they don't last. Okay, they're, they're using different components. They're just, they don't have the quality. And yet, when we walk with the Lord, we're, we're supposed to be growing so that we run the race, so that we run with perseverance, so that we're lasting, so that we're in it for the long haul. But whenever we make a decision to settle for less than God's best, not only are we not walking in the fullness of all he has for us, but we're actually walking in sin because a kingdom mindset says that I, I walk in the all, I walk in the truth of who God is. There, there is no room for compromise. Let me give you another example. When my kids were young, if I would tell them to clean their room, I could go in and it could look beautiful. It could look spotless. It could look wonderful until I look under the bed or in the closet. And guess what? It's a disaster. All they did was move the mess around. They did not clean it up. And how often are we guilty of that as we try to hide, as we try to placate, as we put our masks on? Then what we do is we're essentially putting things in the closet or under the bed rather than being fully obedient to God and all that he has. And so it's great to sit back 
and ask the Lord, where have I not been fully obedient? This is, this is true. Also, if the Lord um, asks us to step out and do something, when I left my full-time position, I seriously toyed with staying part-time. I seriously toyed with it. There was a security in it. There was a safety net there. If things didn't go well, as I launched out and really focused on this ministry that God called me to, it didn't seem to matter that he had told me 20 years before that the day would come where I was to do this. I toyed with that. And, and a youth pastor who was with us, he was so great. He, he knew that I was, I was contemplating this. I hadn't given notice yet. And he finally said to me, he goes, I want you to, you know, like, what are you hearing from the Lord? He asked me some real pointed questions. And with that, I realized that keeping that door open for the part-time as comfortable as it felt. And as much of a side of me wanted to do it, that I would have been settling for less than God's best. Because what the Lord was asking me to do was to leave that behind and move forward into a new season. So all that to say is we can't move forward into our new season if we're compromising trying to keep a foot in the old season. Okay, we can't move forward with the fullness of all God's called to do if we're trying to keep the safety net in place because there's a fear of failure. Okay, we can't move forward into the new season if we have certain relationships. You know, one of the big lessons I had to learn is not everyone, not every relationship moves into the new season. It doesn't mean that's bad. It just it just is. It hurts, but it just is. And so we bless those who, you know, stay behind doing what God's called them to do, what they believe God's called them to do. And we move forward into what God's called us to be do. That's part of being the body of Christ. And so, you know, again we have to be very careful that we don't compromise. So let's go to a biblical example. You may recall that the Israelites wanted to be like the rest of the nations, okay? They wanted to blend in, they wanted to fit in. They saw something being modeled by culture. And because of this, they wanted a king. Now, what was God's plan? God's plan was that he would be their king. But that didn't quite fit what was going on around them. They didn't like the idea. So what they ended up doing was settling for less than God's best. Okay, they were opening a door for conflict that they didn't understand. They were opening a door for pain that they didn't understand. They were opening a door for wars that they didn't understand because they wanted to compromise the standard of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, and become like the world around them. So again, this is a great journaling question. You do it with the Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit, when have I settled for less than best? When have I settled for less than God's best? So we know that with the Israelites, God went. And he said, all right, you want a king? So he sent prophet Samuel to go and anoint Saul as the king. So we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel 15. Okay, so the Lord sends the prophet Samuel to give Saul some instructions. Okay, so at this point, Saul is king. Okay, and so Samuel's going to go give him some battle plans. And so verse 3 says, now go and strike Amalekite and utterly destroy all that they have. Okay, just say all utterly destroy all that they have and do not have compassion on them, but put to death both men and women, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Okay. So total, total, total destruction. That's what you're to do. So Saul takes the army into battle and what does he do? He defeats the Amalekites. Okay. God had sent him into battle and he had the victory. When God sends us into battle, we are designed to have the victory. Okay, God does not send us into battles to lose. He sends us into battles to have the victory. 
But of course, there is also an obedience component. So if we go down to verse eight, it says he, and that would be Saul. Okay, he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites alive. But the best and the best of the sheep, oxen, fatlings and lambs and all that was good. They were not willing to utterly destroy them. But everything that was despised and weak, they completely destroyed. Okay, that's what we saw in World War II. Okay, with the concentration camps, everything that was despised or everyone that was despised, everyone that was weak was destroyed. Okay, we see that in movies all the time, the weak being destroyed. But so what they had done in this moment is they had aligned with a cultural attitude, a cultural way of doing war, as opposed to what God's plan was. God's plan, number one, first and foremost, was that he would be the Israelites king. Okay, so this is a, this is a national crisis. It's not just a Saul crisis. And then, so he puts, God puts Saul in place as king, and God did not set up Saul for failure Okay, God, you know, there was this whole thing. If you stay close to me, you know, God gave Saul the opportunity to succeed. But Saul compromised. God gives each one of us the opportunity to succeed, but we can't compromise. There's no space for compromise with walking with the Lord. So then Saul chose, chooses to align with how the culture handles war, keeps the king alive like his prize. Okay, keeps everything that's good and just destroys everything that's bad. Verse 10, then, just say then, then the word, then came the word of the Lord to Samuel saying, I regret that I have set up Saul to be king because he turned back from following me. He has not carried out my words and it grieved Samuel and cried to the Lord all night. Man. Samuel had a heart for the success of Saul and the success of the nation. He also had a heart turned to God. He felt the grief that the Lord was feeling. You know, I regret that I have set up Saul to be king. Samuel was feeling the regret of the Lord, the grieving of the Lord. We grieve the Lord when we compromise. We grieve the Lord when we don't follow through with the fullness of all he's called us to do. You know, the cry of my heart, and I know the cry of your heart, is not to make God regret the gifts, the call that he has on our life. But in order for that not to happen, then our focus really has to be stayed on him. It has to be glued on him. There's no compromise. There's no other way. So verse 12. Oh, how... I mean, well, talk about needing to watch where our heads are at, where our minds are at. When Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told to Samuel, Saul has come to Carmel and set himself up a monument. In other words, who was Saul beginning to worship? Himself. Even more so, he was falling into the ways of the world and setting up the monument to himself as king, as a god. You see, any time that we're disobedient to God, we not only enter into sin, 
but we risk setting up a monument to ourselves or making an idol of ourselves. You know, the Cliff Notes version of what happens after this is that Saul and Samuel meet up and Saul tells him that he's done as the Lord commanded. In other words, he's justifying partial obedience. He's saying that partial obedience is good enough. He's saying that the decisions he made align with the word of God. But if you go back, what was the word of God? Destroy everything. And Saul's, again, he's compromising. The issue is just like the, the child with being told to clean their room and they shove everything under the bed or in the closet. There's, there's a huge problem, okay? There's a huge problem. So when we align with sin, we will always be found out. Our sound won't be right. There's a certain frequency that we carry in the spiritual realm that, that we carry the sound of heaven. And when we compromise, when we align with sin, then our sound is off. And it's really interesting because Samuel goes and, you know, here he is listening to Saul and Saul's saying, I did everything God commanded me to. I'm good. Holy am I. You know, I, I just love the Lord. I'm following the Lord. But the sound isn't right. And Samuel says, what's that I hear? The sheep and the cattle. And so what does Saul do? He, he does the same thing we often do. Let's be honest. He goes and justifies it. He explains that the people, okay, there's a little bit of the blame game because he's the leader. He's responsible. Okay. The people kept the best to offer as a sacrifice. Lord, I'm going to keep this, but I'm just going to give it back to you. I'm just going to, yeah, I went against your word, but I'm just going to give it back to you. You see, we can never justify disobedience to God. It just does not work. It just does not work. Even if we try to use a biblical concept or logic, well, I stole this money, but I'm going to tithe back the 10%. It's still sin. It's still sin. Okay. It's okay if I keep it because I'm going to give it back to the Lord, or I'm going to give it to a worthy cause. It's still sin. Okay, and we can never blame others or advocate our leadership position by trying to justify our choices. Again, he's the leader, he's responsible, but here he says the people did it. Whereas the truth is it was his job to lead and it was his job not to compromise. It was his job to walk with integrity. It was his job to be a man after God's own heart. It was his job to do what God had told him to do. It's it. It was his job to be pure before the Lord. And yet he compromised and led the people into compromise. Verse 22, Samuel says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Obedience is better than sacrifice, a listening ear than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Let me read that again. Obedience is better than sacrifice, a listening ear than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Okay. And then it goes on because there's consequences. When we compromise, what God's called us to do, there are consequences. And the consequence for Saul was because he had rejected the Lord, that the Lord had rejected him as king. The journey became very, very rough. Remember, it's important to remember that even though God wanted to be the king, 
when he put Saul in that position, we, when he gave into the people and he gave them Saul, Saul was set up for victory. But because of Saul's unwillingness to follow the whole of what God was saying, he ended up with defeat. We need to remember when we go to compromise that there's a cost. Okay, compromise will always pull us away from the heartbeat of God. It will change our sound that we carry for the kingdom of heaven. So I know it's a harder word today, but I really felt it was important because we live in a time when there is a lot of pressure, both from those around us and also legal pressure to compromise on what the word of God says. But in effect, when we do that, when we compromise, when we blend in with culture, we give in because there's been a law made or, or something that we're like, well, I'm not willing to pay the price for the kingdom, then we are actually compromising. And so it is a big deal. And, and some of this has been pressing on us for so long that we don't even realize we're doing it. Like we just begin to, to blend in without even realizing that we're doing it. So it is a good practice to sit with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, where am I compromising? Where am I falling short? Where have I settled for less than your best? Because settling for less than his best, it steals our voice. It steals our walk with him. It steals our future. It steals our destiny. It, it steals our joy. It steals our peace. God still loves Saul. He just rejected him as king. God loves each one of us. And, you know, I also firmly believe that if Saul really had a truly repentant heart, the end of the story would read differently. Because God loves repentance. He knows that we blow it. So I'm also not saying, you know, if you've blown it, if you're like right now, you're being flooded with things that have where you've fallen short. It's just time to sit with the Lord and ask his forgiveness and really seek his heart, really seek his heart. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we all fall short. We all do, just like Saul. God, we compromise. We compromise, God. We, we blend in with the crowd. We, we try to keep peace. We want to be seen. We want to be liked. And Lord, sometimes in the midst of that, we even build a monument to ourselves. So, Father, right now we come and we ask for your forgiveness, God. Would you just come and cleanse us, God? Would you open our eyes, our hearts, our ears to see the fullness of who you are and what you have for us? Because, God, we, we don't want to settle. Saul was a king who settled and you rejected him as king. Later on, David's a king who sinned. He turned back to you wholeheartedly, and he's called a man after your own heart. God, we want hearts that are tuned into you, that are sold out to you, that have courage because of who you are. Because, God, we don't want to settle for imitation when we can have the authentic. We don't want to settle for second best when we can have the best. We don't want to settle for comfort on this earth and lose the joy of doing all that you've called us to do. So, Father, search our hearts and know us. Reveal where we settle for less. And give us the strength to turn it around 
and come into alignment with your calling. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, please share this. I, mean, I think this is a really powerful, powerful word that people need to hear. Um, this, this is just, it's a little fox. It's ruining the vineyard, this whole concept of partial obedience, you know, within the body of Christ. It's a huge, huge issue. So um, really want to encourage people to get into the word and also to get the healing that they need. You know, there was a side of Saul, I believe, that was very insecure, that didn't understand who his identity in the Lord was, didn't understand God's heart for him, God's passion for him. And if you're struggling, I just want to encourage you to go to the website, ruthhendrickson.com. And click on that funny word, Mashah, M-A-S-H-A-H, and check out the Emotional Healing and Deliverance Ministry. You can find all the information there because we have teams who would love to help you um, identify, walk with you as Holy Spirit identifies what's holding you back, where the pain is, where the false identity is, where the where the false belief systems are that don't align, uh, don't align with the word of God. And because you are created for victory and you are created for joy, you are created for peace, you are created to change the world. That's who you are. And that's who God's created you to be. So we want to see you able to walk into the fullness of that. So, all right. Again, the website's ruthhendrickson.com. And remember, you are here for such a time as this. God's had plans and purposes for you and they are good. They're not just good. They're very good. They're phenomenal. And it will make your heart sing. So have a great day. Be so blessed. And again, you are here for such a time as this. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, RuthHendrickson.org